I so appreciate it. When I run into women that are willing to like share their truth, I find it so helpful. And I think it's super vital as we create a village in this crazy world of ours. And I love it when women are super honest and sharing what works for them. So I'm hoping to, you know, do the same. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey everyone, you're on air with Ella, and today I'm joined by somebody that I've had a crush on for years. I'm not afraid to admit it. (laughs) In in the most platonic of ways, Jenna. It's Jenna Elfman, and I'm super thrilled to have you. Hey, Jenna. Hi, Ella. Thank you. I just want you to know that I hit the cold brew coffee a little bit too hard this morning, and I was like, I need to go (laughs) run this off before I get Jenna on the air, or she's just going to be like, turn it down. Like, make it stop. No, I'm the exact same way, and... I had a teacher in, I think it was like sixth or seventh grade, duct tape my mouth shut. So Shut up. I mean, as horrific as that is, I'm familiar <laughs> with being a high energy person. So, <laughs> Wow, things have changed in school. Yes, they have. <laughs> so Jenna, a lot of people will know you from your amazing hit on TV, your TV and film actress. I think you really burst on the scene. It wasn't the first thing you ever did, but I think you really burst on the scene with Dharma and Greg, of course. Yeah. You have since then been all over my TV sister on 1600 Pen, Growing Up Fisher. You were in the film Big Stone Gap, among others. But that, what a great book. Love that author. And didn't she produce that movie too? Oh, yeah. She directed it. She wrote it. It was Adriana Tujani all the way. Well, do you notice how I didn't say her name because I can't and I'll let you do that? (laughs) Yeah. And when I do it, I say Adriana Trigiani. I like put way too many syllables in it. And when she says it, she's like, Trigiani. (laughs) Right. And this is how I say it. (laughs) <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's that's the safest way to say it <laughs> well jenna so a lot of people would have you on and talk about your career and what an energy you bring to everything that you do i mean you have such a light within you and it's so obvious through everything that you do but no no not me that's not why we're here um <laughs> You have done something utterly remarkable, and it has nothing to do with your life in the industry. You have managed to stay married to the same man named Bodie Elfman for how many years now? Uh, I I lost track of how many were actually married. It's either 21 or I think we just had our 21st wedding anniversary. I mean, you've been together 26 years, together 26 years, yeah. Mm -hmm. You've been together for 26 years, you and Bodhi, and you have this podcast, Kicking and Screaming, in iTunes, which just is absolutely, first of all, not at all a program we should be listening to with our children. Not at all, no. (laughs) Let's just start Not at all. Do not listen to it while you're driving the kids to school or picking them up or have them anywhere within earshot, please. If you have one in utero, I'm not sure you should be listening. (laughs) 
into kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, it made me fall in love with you all over again. Again, in the mo- I'm I'm happily married. <laughs> I super enjoy a, my husband. Isn't that an oxymoron though? <laughs> I, I you know what? One of my favorite authors, Glennon Melton Doyle. She called. Oh, I love her. Isn't she amazing? Have you read Carry On Warrior? Yes, I and oh. I give it's what I give people. I just yes. give people Carry On Warrior pretty much every time I see them. Yeah, no, Carry On Warrior. I will link to that guys in the show notes because it is an absolute must read. You will fall madly in love with Glennon and pretty much everything she writes is gold. Um, And I I mean, her Facebook posts are more meaningful than anything I'll do in a year. (laughs) I know she's just, she's so special and honest and how she articulates her concepts. It just blows my mind because she, she's not addressing any issues that are extraordinary but she articulates them in such an extraordinary way that it impacts you so emotionally and makes you feel so understood and not alone. And then you're laughing. You're I actually peed myself on the treadmill (laughs) while reading carry on warrior. I was laughing so hard. I had a, I had a guy, he was on the treadmill next to me, like looking at me, like I was insane. He's like treadmills aren't funny. (laughs) Um, Glennon Melton Doyle calls life brutal, and I just think that's just the perfect synopsis, brutal. So of course it's all beautiful, and it's utterly brutal, and it's brutal. And that is the word I would apply to marriage at all times. A hundred percent. That's why, like our podcast, we say, you know, we, we talk about life, annoyance, and marriage, not necessarily in that order. It's a comedic podcast because we think the only way to get through this thing called relationships and marriage is with a really hearty sense of humor. No doubt. And <laughs> Bodhi, I mean, let's give Bodhi props here for just a second. He's so smart and he's so funny. He's like super sex obsessed and so smart <laughs> and so funny. <laughs> he's only sex obsessed because I have like, I-, I finally got around to understanding like, okay, what he needs, you know, and what husbands are so simple. Like the two things really all he needs to like feel fine about the marriage is when I'm walking past him in the kitchen to give his arm a little squeeze and say, I love you, honey. When we're in the bathroom getting dressed, go, honey, you look great. And then like, make sure he has sex like one to two times a week. And really, he's like totally fine. We make it hard. We make it hard. We are the complex ones, us females. (laughs) And they're like food, sex, a little reassurance. I feel good. 100%. (laughs) And, and, and when I say, okay, honey, so like, let me see if I got this right. All you need, and I list those things, and he goes into the most like effusive, yes, yes, that's all I need. And I'm like, okay, okay, it's okay. I could do like two thirds of that. He's so amazing. And he's so absurdly confident in the most charming way, especially with women. He just loves women, but like not in the gross, like he totally is like, celebrates and loves and adores women and all of their everything. And I'm talking about women as if I'm not one. All of their everything. You can tell that. And he has so much respect for you. And he's just absolutely mad for you. And and that that comes through. And I love it. Like, we need more of that. Like, we we need to see more of that. Because there aren't enough people talking about, like, how hard this thing called life is. And how hard it is to be a strong woman on the move, balancing a billion and a half priorities. You have two children. I do. Two little boys, six and eight. So you're not busy. You know, it's hard. And you understand this as a professional. It's like, you know, to find other women that 
understand the professional, the like you said, like the work-life balance when you're working and you have children. And then to have, like, if you're in a sort of leadership or a higher profile existence that has like a, or a high executive level, that has like a whole nother third dimension to mm-hmm. it. And you know, I, when I find other women who have similar experiences, because it, it's, it's hard to find people who truly go, I get you, I get what you're going through. And, and it's not like you want to complain, because I feel so lucky. But I've also worked my tail off to get where I am. And I'm, you know, no one ever handed me a single thing, which is it gives me a nice sense of accomplishment. And it also, I have like a roadmap, because I know I got myself here. So in times of struggle or challenge, I know I've done it before, I can do it again. And that's always been kind of my touchstone, you know, when navigating a career or challenging life moments is like, okay, I've done it once, I could do it again. There is such great security in realizing that you can handle it, whatever it may be, like whatever this fear is that drives so many of us so much of the time. If you just stand and face it and you're like, hold on, I actually can handle you. Like there's so much power in taking that head on and being like, wait a minute, I've done this before. I can do this again, just like you said. And like, what is the worst case scenario in any decision? I mean, you have a very public life in a lot of ways. Other people, though, They have the same feelings in an entirely different context, right? Like maybe they have to stand up for themselves in a situation or in a relationship or in any any sort of context, or perhaps they're trying to appear perfect at all times. Like if we actually said the worst case scenario here, if I fail, is X, and then we face that head on and we're like, I can do this. There's so much power in realizing that you got it. You can absolutely handle this. I think sometimes we have to kind of go, okay, what's worse than this? Yeah. We create this threat of failure in so many things that we do. Well, I think this is what I do a lot. Like if I'm faced with a situation that seems daunting or overwhelming, or I don't have a point of reference for or whatever, I sort of go, and it's starting to like make me go like, ah, I go, okay, what's worse than this? Mm -hmm. And then once I look at what's, what would be like a way worse version of the problem I have in front of me, I then come back to my problem and suddenly I start coming up with solutions because I can face it better because I've faced something worse. It gives you a perspective and allows you to actually probably be grateful that you have the problem that you have. Yeah, and I think you have, it does. And so suddenly your problem, my problem doesn't seem as bad, you know, and I kind of, it helps it unhinge it a little bit too because sometimes when you're in a situation, if you kind of like, view it from a different angle or I'll go, what's the ideal scene? Okay. So then what am I faced with here? And so I'll kind of get on either side of the problem on like, what's the op, what's the ideal? Okay. What's worse than, and and it just sometimes helps me sort of navigate a way into finding what might be a solution. And it kind of takes me off that fixated point of the apparency of no solution. And this is one of the reasons that I wanted to talk with you. It is very, very clear that you are balancing many, many plates, spinning those plates, keeping them up in the air. And I think that it's so important for strong, successful women to be completely honest with one another about where we are and what's going on and what it really truly looks like, because we're so busy, like living the Instagram life. Do you know what I mean, Jenna? I I do. I see it. And I, I, I'm as a public figure, 
I know the amount of deception that can come from any kind of media, even social media, because what I think people forget is like, and I, I so it's like that the Instagram phenomena is so funny. It's one moment in time captured. I, I, I know people, I see their lives and, and I know what it looks like on Instagram and I know what it looks like in real life. And you know, there's nothing wrong. I mean, it's like Instagram, it's just, but you as the viewer of these social media things need to, it's our responsibility as viewers. It's to like differentiate and to be able to think logically about what we're looking at. It is one moment in time and it's someone's creation. But that's insane of us to think that that's their life, really, because it's one snapshot in time. And all of us are living these, like, we have glorious moments, and we have annoying and horrible moments. We're not going to put our horrible moments on Instagram. No, you know? so that's it's just like, a highlight reel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the ideal. We're constantly, like, putting up this ideal. And, and there's nothing wrong with that either, because there's an aesthetic to that, but you know, I think we have to know that what you're looking at doesn't necessarily mean that that's the person's whole existence, obviously. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to even have to articulate that, but it is because we just get so inundated with these images. We forget to differentiate and think logically about it. But how did you tell me about your journey a little bit? Because you live primarily in Southern California, right? And have. Yeah, I'm born and raised in, in LA. And so is my husband. LA is the Instagram of of geography. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. I, I mean, I love everything that the city affords you. And then, like, there's something about the vibe where it feels like high school all the time because everyone's looking around like literally you walk into a nice restaurant and somebody looks at you to see if you matter and of and course yeah how did you come through this with your head firmly on your shoulders with self-confidence and still standing tell Thank me you. what that looked like for you my mom and dad i was raised very traditionally and normally and nothing extreme or strange or upsetting or tragic. Like I had a really nice, consistent, you know, I mean, we're human beings. There wasn't always glorious, but for the most part, you know, there was more right than wrong on my parents. And I, you know, I came fully loaded with my own goals and purposes and feelings about my fellow human beings. And then, you know, I went through that teenage patch and rebelled and did all of that. But I got with Bodhi at a very young age at 19. I've been with my husband since I was 19. So I had like two years, you know, where I was really rebelling. And, you know, I tried pot and and did that and was doing that. And I really noticed it changed my personality where I was a very sensitive and caring and warm person. Like I really cared about other people's well-being and was interested in other people. And then I was like, started smoking pot. And I started just like not caring so much. And I was more cynical and like judgmental. And it really, really did change my personality. And then I got with Bodhi, who was raised entirely different than I. (laughs) To say the least. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we just filmed a podcast with his mom. And we talk all about his upbringing. Okay, so you can tune in for that story. And it it is a wild ride. So buckle up. It really is. And he saw everything by the age of eight. And it made him want just kind of like a simple life. And without all the drama and the drugs and the, you know, 
when I got with him, he's like, I, I'll bet you a hundred dollars. You, you're not going to go a week without smoking pot. I was like, oh yeah, I totally fell for it. And I was like, oh yeah, what? And that was 26 years ago and I haven't touched drugs since. <laughs> and I got my hundred dollars. <laughs> but Bodie really coming into my life helped me a lot. And he always seemed to just see who I really was and has been my hero of who I really am. And he's always been my protector of that. My, he encourages me. And, and that has, that was a big deal. Like he's a encourager and, you know, I'm also a Scientologist and that has really help me because they're really simple tools. It's like communication tools and understanding how the mind works and understanding what gets in our way, how to handle things we don't like and how to get rid of it, be more yourself. Scientology has been like a major part of what has helped me sort of learn how to navigate the insanity of Hollywood and life and the challenges of living. And so I think that's also been a big influence for me in a really positive way. And having children has really enhanced me and made me, it always puts things in perspective, you know, and prioritizes, you know, and so I think a combination for me is just like my parents staying married and working it out, even though that was not easy through all the ups and downs and having that consistency of support. And so I think it's just a combination of wonderful factors that I've had in my life that have just sort of helped me navigate, prioritize and enhance. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and just make an assumption. And my assumption is that someone who's balancing multiple career demands, because your career is multifaceted, I know that you are very much the humanitarian. So you have demands on you in that way Mm -hmm. and not in order of priority. You're a mom and you're a wife who happens to dig her husband on most days. In other words, you're not avoiding that role. And and I'm sure I'm not naming 20 other things. So here's the limb I'm going out on work-life balance and in my opinion, is just a complete joke. And that at any given moment, something's getting dropped. Like some of those plates are not getting tended to. Yeah. <laughs> and and sometimes they fall off and they chip a little bit. And, and the thing I think we don't, we aren't honest enough about is that you can't do, like, yes, you can absolutely have everything. I view my own life that way, really, really rich in 360 degrees, but not at the same time for the love. Like, <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> Everything's I, a trade-off. I have an analogy that seems to like it, through trial and error and, you know, many tumultuous situations <laughs> of learning curves. Um, I realized, okay, so you know those equalizing boards, like a sound mixing board? Oh, yes, so, yes. Okay. Like, like the DJs, you would see a DJ in a booth using, moving those buttons up and down, or someone in a recording studio, or a really gifted podcaster. You will there, <laughs> yes, which is not, not me. Not me. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so there's all the levels that slide up and down. Okay, so like no beautiful symphony or mix of sound is ever has all the levels up at the same time. But there is like a medium, median, you know, like in the middle. So how I realized my life, because you also want to fully commit and do what you're doing while you're doing it. Otherwise, you start feeling like a dispersed, hysterical, crazy person trying to do everything at the same time, which violates natural law. (laughs) So I want to really be very good at what I'm doing in all the areas I'm doing it. But you can't, you can be very good in all these areas, but you can't do them all at the exact same time. I have like two little analogies that just kind of help me stay oriented. Because obviously if I'm, 
I'm here in New York for my new TV show. It just got picked up with ABC. I'm here doing this. I had like a 12-hour press day straight. You know, obviously, my kids are like back in L.A. They're not here with me. So I'm not doing that hat very well right now because right. it's impossible. But those, as long as the levels, because so at any time that you're fully doing something, then the other things are being quote unquote sacrificed. But I just try to keep all the levels above the midline so that then they, they can move up and down, but they're all staying above the survival make break point. So that's my sort of concept where I go, okay, like they're doing good. But if I stay away from them too long, that's going to go below that mid level. Or if I am, you know, solely doing everything, everything, mom, everything all day, then I'm not putting any attention on my craft or my career. But I also, while I'm navigating those things, I try to make sure I am fully doing them while I'm doing them so that I'm actually moving the needle in all those areas. And when I'm with my kids, I am totally doing that. And then when I'm not doing that and they're off at school and, you know, doing things, I'm fully doing these other things. But it's not easy because there's a million things pulling your attention at any given time. And also my husband's sitting there like a little doggy, like, <laughs> you know, pulling, like, you know, grabbing my pant leg and like pulling on it. And so, and he always falls to the bottom of the totem scale, the totem pole, because I'm like, you're a grown up, you can handle yourself. And he's like, but there's a dynamic here that needs caressing, you know? And I'm like, oh, you know what? You're right. Because before children, there was that union and that union made the children. So that union actually sometimes needs to come before the children at Amen, moments sister. to make sure it's strong. And there is a good foundation because if that gets all wonka doodle, the kids feel it. And then that affects them negatively. So Amen. sometimes, yeah, you got to sacrifice a little time with the kids to make sure you're keeping your time with your spouse or partner in and keeping that solid. So it's, it's the equalizing board. Jenna, where does taking care of yourself fit into that picture? Is that the first thing to go for you? Or do you have to do some kind of movement every week or you go insane? Like, talk to me about that piece. That is the one that I probably is the most challenging because my husband just like says I put everything before me myself because I think women are just natural caretakers, you know, and and so, martyrs. Uh, and, 100%. You know oh, what 100%. I mean? We really are. And we're like, 100%. I'm getting fat because I'm taking care of you. It's no, not but really it's, about it's that, an but... easy excuse. It's right there in my back pocket. You know what? It's <laughs> always there and it's completely valid all the time. That's why it's so hard. Yes. Taking care of me. Let's see. Okay. That involves. Okay. So there's like a little checklist. Yeah. What that... does that look like for you? Okay. Now, not all the items are checked. The list is this. Okay, sleep is my primary. That one I do protect. And I, I really, really, actually really protect that and make sure that happens because if that is not happening, I am, I, 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 I'm horrible in every other department of life. It just destroys everything. Like you're not going to exercise. You don't care about eating healthy. Screw the water. I'm going to drink more coffee, burn out my adrenal glands. Now I'm even worse. I mean, just, it's a downward spiral of, I need my sleep. I'm going to get my sleep. Like I will fiercely protect my sleep. So that's that. I make sure I really, really, really try because I drink coffee, but I try to be very reasonable about it, but I drink a ton of water unless it's a special occasion, like once every three months, 
I do not drink alcohol. Like we're sitting here talking as women about all the challenges we face. I just have no time for the effects of alcohol in my life. I will happily enjoy half a glass of wine is kind of my gig. Like if I went crazy all out, it'd be like a glass and a half of wine. Yeah. And, and one thing that I've just noticed that I'm getting very protective of just like my life force. Like I want to always show up with that force. Does that make yes, sense? A hundred percent. That's the same word I use is life force. We have enough things in life that dim or challenge our life force. So it's the equalizing board, but there's certain big obvious ones that I just don't put on my board. It's just not one of the elements. Yeah. So sleep, water, okay, sleep, no water. alcohol. I try to just do coffee in the morning, but you know, sometimes I need it in the afternoon <laughs> yeah, a little. It can uh, I definitely take vitamins. Okay. I have to ask, which ones do you take? Have to, I, I mean, just like, what are kind of your go-tos? Okay. Well, I mean, I do, you know, several times a year do blood tests and like stay on my vitamins and hormones. And that's a whole nother thing I'll say, but, um, you know, I, I keep in my vitamin C, I, my magnesium, my doctor checked my magnesium, checked a blood test for my magnesium and I run low in magnesium. So I take extra magnesium to keep those levels up. So I have my calcium, my magnesium, my vitamin D. I take adrenal support that he muscle tests me for. and We change it up because my body will start getting used to it. And so it's not as, you know, just herbal supplements that he, he I get through my doctor and he monitors. And it's costly, the supplements. But I feel my philosophy on that is I'd rather spend the money proactively on vitamins than on hospital bills later for ill health that could have been prevented. Jenna, I'm so glad. First of all, I have to say the reason I asked you what you kind of take is just because I'm just utterly curious and I knew that the listeners would be too. But here's the deal. Did you hear what Jenna said? She said that she starts with a blood test because that is the map. You don't take vitamin C and magnesium because that's what Jenna Elfman's taking. No, it's she, true. Jenna's taking it because she knows what she needs because she got the simple blood test done and showed her ranges. And so I just kind of wanted to underscore that point because I went through that season and I know a lot of my peeps do too, where you hear things and you're like, oh, I'm going to go do that because she looks amazing. You know, and they're going to do like the Jenna Elfman vitamin and supplement plan but no you're god no everybody <laughs> is literally every body is so different and blood tests are good and i you know i heard um your pod test with dr wiggies that's his name yes it is it's wet dr weston saunders and he goes by wiggy and always has okay yeah but he was you know he's super common sense and i i really appreciated that and everything he was saying about thyroid and you yeah. know because there's the integrative, I like the integrative meets Western medicine approach. No, oh, for sure. Because there's values and there's extremes on both sides. So I try to take the common sense, like, you know, blood test lab proof of science mm -hmm. mixed with interpreta or interpreting that and how to apply the information from that on an integrative level with common sense. So I try to, you know find doctors that do that. And it is super overwhelming and is hard to find and resources are like a thing. And that is a value of being in LA that there is, you know, opportunity there. But people like you having these doctors on and, and sharing that kind of information is very helpful. Like you were saying, like we all have to, you know, kind of educate ourselves, but we don't have to become doctors, but we can at least educate ourselves enough to have like, to challenge our doctors you know, and ask more questions because I have a thyroid condition and I stay on it, you know, like every three months I am 
on it and monitoring it. And hypo or hyper or none of my business. I have Hashimoto's. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, it started off as Graves and then burnt its way out oh, down geez. to Hashimoto's. So, and like so many people have it. It's like I just stay on it and I, you know, that's an important thing too because you do hormones like segueing from the vitamins to the hormones, but yeah. I do that, you know, with the with the vitamins our food, our soil, you know, there is deficiencies nutritionally just from our food sources. And it mm. certainly ain't what it used to be. Mm. I, I don't want to get on a whole tirade about it. But from vitamins then over to hormonal, mm. I stay on those the hormone phenomena too. Because I had my doctor told me, and I know that a lot of women don't know this, but in terms of like staying on top of your thyroid, your um, not just your thyroid, but your female hormones and all of that, the best time to take the blood test to see what your hormones are doing is on day between day three and five of your menstrual cycle. Oh, how interesting of your cycle. Cause there's some tests you take on like day 21 and then, but are you saying just to know your general hormonal health? Yeah. That's what my doctor said. He goes, go during, you know, day three to five to get the most accurate. Cause your hormones are always changing. They're always, you know, they're in flux constantly. He said, so that's the most accurate read to get kind of like a good orientation of where you're at. Yeah. And I've never even been told that. And I feel like I've talked to a thousand people on this issue. Yeah. My doctor's on the board at Cedar sinai so, and he's also an integrative, so I do trust that, and I think yeah. that's a good common sense thing to do. If good, and I'll look you know, more into that, too, I'll look, uh, and if I find more, I'll share it with everybody. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. so sleep and hydration and vitamins and maintaining that, 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 the blood test, which represents both your vitamin and nutrient levels and your hormonal levels. Yeah, because there's, like, if your thyroid's low, man, you're going to feel so crappy. And you don't even know. Like, you don't even oh, know. And you don't God. understand. And you think it's, like, just, like, an aging woman thing. Like, you don't understand. You can actually deal with it. No, but it's true. And I think, I think you know, women are so easily disregarded at this. You start hitting a certain age. And, and it is, like, you know perimenopause, menopause, and like Dr. Wiggy was saying with low thyroid, all those things playing together and then they'll just throw women on antidepressants. And I tell, that makes me so angry because women are so vital to the sanity and love and care of this planet. And if you start treating them with these drugs that have nothing to do with the reason they're feeling that way, it's literally, you might as well just take out a gun and shoot them. Like it's the same thing to me and it really angers me that they're being duped and being sold a bill of goods when they haven't even had a physical. Yeah, it's an anesthesia that we don't need and it's putting a population to sleep. Completely and making them go psychotic. Okay, I'm getting all riled up. <laughs> no, I, I, it is. It's like, you know, every now and then you got to raise your voice a little on the subject, but I, I think what you're doing is important and that women are talking about it and sharing their knowledge and, and sharing it going, find out for yourself, you know what I mean? But here's some highlights and here's some guidelines to go look for and go check it out. And it, it's, it, I think it's important and I always appreciate it when women share their knowledge with me and I don't, I don't take literal what they're saying, I think with it and I go, what's true for me? Okay. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Okay. That doesn't totally work for me, but maybe that worked for them. But this is something interesting or that, that opens the door to more searching of something that might be an answer for me or, you know, so 
we all have to also take responsibility for our own computation on how we're thinking with things or interpreting them for ourselves and make sure we just keep our own reality intact on it. Love it. What's true for me? Love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So sleep, hydration, vitamins, hormones. What about movement? and food. Uh, I love okay. that you're an eater, so I can't wait to get to that one. <laughs> I love food. I love eating. That's why I love you. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, there's a woman in Hollywood and she admits to eating carbs. I love her <sighs> immediately. Yes. I was a ballerina my whole life. I was a professional dancer on TV and film and everything before I started acting. And I saw so much anorexia and bulimia and oh, I couldn't do it. I tried it for one day when I was a teenager. I was like, okay, let me try. Because, and, and actually I was completely a skinny rail naturally. It wasn't, I wasn't doing it to lose weight. I was doing it to actually, I wanted to understand what my friends were doing. And I was like, I'm going to try this for a day. And I went a whole day and I had an apple the whole day because that's what my friends were doing. And I was like, it came time for dinner. And I thought, if I'm going to keep this up, the only way to maintain this is if I hated myself and wanted to punish myself. And I went, that's wow, that's what it is. And I went, oh, that's I, I don't have any interest in punishing her. I don't hate myself. I'm going to eat dinner. And so I was done with that. And, and But it made me understand a little bit more what these girls were going through and what it isn't for me. And, you know, but I just think I try to eat organic and it's more expensive. So it's challenging for people to navigate where and how they're using their money when money's already a problem. You know, so I think if you have to pick where you're going to spend your money, I'd say if you are a meat eater, try to eat the cleanest version of meat possible because you are getting a worse load of toxins if you're eating crappy meat sources. Anything's an improvement. Like when people start to get overwhelmed here, I just say, you know, start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. And whatever is better than before is better. So whatever is better percent agree with you. A hundred percent. And another thing is like, what toxic crap are you cleaning your house with? Like you, you can clean so much with vinegar and water. True story. <laughs> and getting rid of like, you know, or the certain detergents and things that are like on your skin and on your kid's skin. There's just certain places you can start and make small changes that will greatly reduce the toxic factor. Mm -hmm. And taking just taking your shoes off at, your, at the door when you come in reduces the lead in your house by a lot. Are you serious? Yes. Okay. Making a note, looking it up. <laughs> no, do a little research on that <laughs> one. It. And it's a simple thing of just leaving your shoes at the door. Yeah, it's a big deal. All right. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm just trying to share all of my things it. that I no, use. I, I don't want to sound days. like I'm on a high horse or anything. <laughs> and it's just what works, what I've, you know, try to implement. Okay. So the exercise thing, I'm super high low on that. Like I'm either really good or I'm super sucky. Active and inactive and active and inactive. I'm obviously feel noticeably better and healthier and look better and have more energy, sleep better, everything when I am regularly exercising. And by regular for me, if I do a good 30 minute walk mm -hmm. four times a week, noticeable improvement. I love that you said that instead of I go to Pilates seven days a week and I try to fit in yoga in between marathons because that yeah, no. is the picture so many people try to paint. And you are a healthy, vibrant, sexy woman. And you're saying 
dude, if I can get out four times a week and walk for 30 minutes, like that's I'm my a jam. hero. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're I, like, tie I, a cape <laughs> on me. <laughs> and I'll try to like, you know, if I know I'm like really starting to slip and I'm not getting it in, I'll like park far away from my appointment and make myself walk farther <laughs> and you can. <laughs> try to get it in that way and then take the stairs and not the elevator. Exactly. Like, honestly, this is what I say all the time. I'm like, just anything that gets you in your body, because when life gets crazy busy, we check out of our bodies. Like we, we dumb it down. We might stuff with food or with alcohol, or we just like dress differently so that our body is sort of invisible to us again. Anything that gets you back in your body and, and maintains that awareness will eventually accumulate back into the effort, back into the frequency. Yeah, I think bodies, I think they are meant to be challenged in terms of work. They're meant to work. Mm -hmm. And they actually seem to be at their optimum when they're physically being slightly challenged. And that's like how muscles grow. You challenge them, you work them, you break little fibers from lifting weights, and then they grow bigger and stronger. So And, and that's how it's the same metaphor for like, you know, you start something new, you hit that wall of the unknown, you struggle, you learn a lesson and you conquer with more knowledge to do it better. It's the exact same thing with the body. So bodies are meant to be working. So, you know, if the, you have a meeting and you're running around, it's on the whatever floor it's on, try to take the stairs. Hoof it. Hoof it. And you will get that heart rate up and then it'll just keep your morale up. And I think that's a good way to like hack it if you're like challenged on time. I also keep, okay, here's a total hack. Two 10-pound free weights in my bathroom under the counter. Oh my gosh, you broke up for a minute. So I just want everyone to understand that you said two 10-pound free weights and you keep them under your bathroom counter and I cannot wait to hear why. Um, Yeah, one for each hand and I'll just do a quick set before bed or whenever I'm like, okay, I got five more minutes. It literally takes one minute, no joke, one minute to do like a good set of like bicep curls and like different arm exercises. You know, some people need to just probably start with three or five pounds so they don't hurt themselves because, you know, there's a lot that goes into that and core and blah, blah. For me, it comes down to at any time I can just use my body. Yep. I tried, I tried to use it. So while I'm doing, um, brushing my teeth, I do lunges around my bathroom, mm-hmm. around my bedroom. I'll be like brushing my teeth and I'll like lunge around my bedroom while I'm brushing. Cause you're supposed to brush for a good two minutes anyway. So I might as, instead of standing there zoning out, I do lunges and then I get a little, get my heart rate up and get a little toning. And cause sometimes that's all I can do. That's all I have time for. That matters. Like that stuff adds up. And by the way, for millennia, people didn't have Gold's Gym. (laughs) They just moved. And so what you're talking about is actually much more in line with where we came from. Like little bursts of effort throughout the day is actually how we were designed and how we evolved to where we are now. Yeah. And, And, you know, burpees are awesome. Burpees will burp. I swear you could do nothing but just throw burpees throughout your day and you'd be fit as a fiddle. <laughs> it's true. And they, I hate them. Of course I, you do because they're I horrible. I hate them with everything in my body, but they do create an effect. And also I do notice if I do 10 push ups before I get into bed, I see a change. 
you have no idea how happy this is making me because I did. You've got to listen to episode three. You would totally dig it. This one, I will. Okay. She she was widowed. Debbie was widowed with four kids under the age of nine. I mean, <gasps> I mean, one of them was in, like baby baby, and uh, her young husband died. She had four kids and a muffin top, in her own words. Yeah. And, and so her whole thing now is she literally grabs like ten minutes here. 15 minutes there and she looks like a fitness model and the goal is not for us all to look like fitness models my point is these little bursts throughout the day are just extremely powerful they're truly cumulative and it's not that hard like where it it gets you in your body and we make it hard we make it hard i think society brainwashes us to think it's hard because it's like we're constantly inundated with all of these pseudo universes of Pilates and cycling and all these things. I think women go, I don't have an hour. Well, an hour for the class. It's probably half hour to get there, half hour home. If you're thinking with traffic, two hours of your day just to fitness. Really, honestly, women that are like really have a lot of plates in the air don't have time for that. And what happens is we think, well, we don't have time for that. So I'm not going to do anything. That's exactly right. Because you think that that is the only way to look like that. And so that's when machine breaks down. So I I definitely notice I'm going to be like, okay, I've got two minutes before I have to walk out the door. I literally, I got everything and I will drop and do 10 pushups. If I think of it, if I remember to do it or before bed, like, oh, I'm so tired. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, it's like washing my face and doing ten push-ups before bed is like the most annoying thing ever, because I I'm always too tired to wash my face. I know, and my mom, I was telling my mom, she's like, honey, just because I'm like, then I put the kids to bed, I'm like passing out, putting them to bed, and then my husband wants to see me, and uh, and then the kids won't fall asleep, then they're up late, and then I'm super tired, and my husband still wants to see me, and then I'm a bitch to him, and, uh, That's right. and then I'm like, definitely haven't washed my face. <laughs> Gretchen Rubin calls it too tired to go to bed. Yes, exactly. And my mom was like, you know what, honey, just wash your face earlier in the evening. I'm like, oh, you're a genius. Good idea. But yeah, it's all these little things of take the stairs, park farther away, do some arm raises, do some burpees, do the occasional push up. All right. Very cool. For me, it's always just is it, I, I find the best solutions are never like major extreme ones. And that is not the message we get across in the media. <laughs> no. And, and if you think they're major extreme and then it's really hard to face and then you just go into apathy and you're, when you're in apathy, you don't you forget it. Nothing comes out of apathy. So we're constantly going through our life and being inundated with extremes. And then you just go, I can't, how much, I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. Uh, screw it. Jenna, I feel like I'm talking to a girlfriend that I haven't talked to in a while, and I have so much I want to say, and I there's like never enough time. <laughs> you, you, this has been amazing. Well, I I value it. You know, it's sort of a golden rule thing for me. Like I so appreciate it when I have when I run into women that are willing to like share their truth. Mm-hmm. I find it so helpful, and I think it's super vital as we create a village in this crazy world of ours mm-hmm. where we don't have villages anymore. And, uh, so it's sort of a golden rule thing for me to like treat others as I would want to be treated. And I love it when women are super honest and sharing what works for them. So I'm hoping to, you know, do the same. 
Well, thank you for that, Jenna. And thank you for your time so much. And just for all of this insight and wisdom that was well-earned. And I got to ask you, probably my most important question for people who need way more Jenna, and that is, (laughs) tell us about the show, where to find you really quick. Oh, sure. Uh, Well, the show's called Imaginary Mary, and it will be on ABC mid-season. There's an official trailer on YouTube. People can go. I have to tell you, I watched it. I loved it. I cannot wait for this. Oh, good. Yeah, it's getting really favorable response. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy about that. And um, and then my husband and I have our podcast, and it's funny. We just try to get people laughing about the absurdity of relationships and all of its wonderfulness and annoyance. And that's called Kicking and Screaming. And then, you know, just on social media, everything is just at Jenna Elfman. All right, Jenna Elfman, we'll share all of that and make it super easy for people to find you. And I just want to congratulate you on your new show coming up, Imaginary Mary. And uh, I just wish you so much success and and balance. (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate that. (laughs) Godspeed, Jenna. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right. Bye now. Bye. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.